This is Levi Cooper coming to you from Pardes in Yerushalayim. In the previous episode, we discussed the 1970 Dawson's Field hijackings, and we learned how Rav Moshe Feinstein, one of the great rabbinic authorities in America, wrote to the Prime Minister of the State of Israel, Golda Meir, and he said that since the lives of those people who were hijacked those lives were in danger, therefore, I quote, the state of Israel has no choice but to fulfill the demands of the terrorists in order to save the lives of the captives. Rav Moshe Feinstein emphasized the element of pikuach nefesh, the, the fact that those people who were hijacked their lives were in danger, and therefore a deal with the terrorists should be made. Rav Moshe Feinstein, in his brief letter, did not mention the mitzvah of Pidyon Shvuyim, securing the release of captives. As we will recall, the story played out in a different way, with the American government refusing to deal with terrorists, and the Jordanian army securing the release of all the captives. But let us ponder of Moshe Feinstein's claim that since this was a case of pikuach nefesh, the lives of those people who were taken captive, were those lives were in danger, therefore the demands of the terrorists, which included the release of other terrorists from jail, those demands should be met. That question was addressed soon after the Dawson's Field hijackings by Rav Yehuda Gershuni. Rav Yehuda Gershuni was born in 1908, and as a young boy he was known as Rav Yidl Grodner, or the Ilui from Grodna. And after he married, together with his wife, Golda, they moved to the land of Israel. And Rav Gershuni began to study in Yeshivat Merkaz Harav, the Yeshiva of Rav Kuk. After the establishment of the State of Israel, Rav Gershuni moved to America, where he established Yeshivat Eretz Yisrael, a yeshiva that was specifically for students who were learning in university. And this was a very special yeshiva. The studies in that yeshiva were conducted in Hebrew, which was exceptional in America at the time. And they did not only study Talmud, but they also studied Tanakh and Agadah and Jewish thought. Rav Gershuni was also very active in the Mizrahi movement in America, and he returned to Israel in 1974 and settled in Yerushalayim, where he began to busy himself with writing. And Rav Gershuni passed away in the year 2000. Rav Gershuni's article on Pidyon Shvuyim appeared around seven months after the Dawson's Field hijackings. And Rav Gershuni responded to Rav Moshe Feinstein without mentioning his name, 
And Rav Gershuni said, this is not a classic case of Pijun Shrim, of securing the release of hostages, because the hijackers were not demanding money. They were demanding the release of terrorists. And said Rav Gershuni, if those terrorists are released from jail, they will reorganize themselves in order to murder other Jews and do other terrorist acts, acts within the state of Israel. Therefore, Rav Gershuni said, we need to have a look at this case and analyze it as a case of competition between Sakanat Nefashot on one hand and Sakanat Nefashot on the other hand. Sakanat Nefashot, the lives of the captives were in danger and the lives of other people would be endangered by the release of terrorists. Said Rav Gershuni, if we have two people's lives that are in danger, how can we decide who to prefer? Rav Gershuni then raised the question, one second, perhaps we are talking about a case of definite Sakanat Nefashot on one hand, and on the other hand, a case where it may be Sakanat Nefashot. We know for certain that the people who are hijacked, their lives are in danger. But who says that if we release terrorists, they will necessarily endanger the lives of other Jews? Maybe the army will recapture them, said Rav Gershuni. And therefore, perhaps we should say one case is Sakanat Nefashot Vadai, and the other case is Sakanat is Safek Sakanat Nefashot. One is a certain endangered uh, life in danger, and the other one is only questionable. Rav Gershuni said, "No, no, no. We don't start making such cheshbonot, such calculations. We don't start saying whose life is more in danger." Once we're in the field of Sakanat Nefashot, everybody is equal. And therefore, we don't try to say, well, they're more in danger than the other people. Given that, Rav Gershuni added that the people who were hijacked, the truth is we're not so sure that their lives are in danger. It's very hard to calculate how endangered their lives were. Moreover, said Rav Gershuni, Shev adif. It's better for us not to act rather than to make the wrong decision. And therefore Rav Gershuni argued that we should not release terrorists in order to secure the release of captives. And Rav Gershuni added a further element at the conclusion of his article where he said that this is important to show the world that in Israel, in the state of Israel, there is a legal system and people who have been convicted are not just going to be released from jail, and moreover, 
this will send a message to the Jewish community and to the world over that Jews cannot be harmed with impunity. And therefore, once a terrorist has been jailed, that terrorist will not be released. So Rav Gershuni was against any type of release of terrorists in order to secure the release of Jewish hostages. It's important to note that Rav Gershuni wrote his article, or at least published the article, after the event, once all the hostages had been freed. We know that the State of Israel had to deal with this case many times since then. Indeed, it was only three years after Dawson's field hijackings that the State of Israel had to deal with a different type of case of hostages. Not hostages because of a hijacked plane, but hostages who were taken in during the Yom Kippur War. How was that case different? We'll have to address that story in the next episode. That's all for now. Until the next time, to the Beit Midrash!